What the fuck, guys? Where are the episodes of the film fine? Months gone and you come back saying that there'll be more episodes and you're gone again. Dick move! No excuses. You enjoy doing this podcast and many people enjoy listening. So stop making fucking excuses and start producing episodes. I don't care if you cover new movies, older streaming movies, or TV shows. I listen for the quality of content and not for the content uh, itself. So give me anything other than what you've been giving your fans. Jack shit, your faithfully disgruntled fan, Jake. Jake, you got it, buddy boy. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever that does a show uh, maybe ever once every couple of months. Who the hell cares? I am your host, Adam Porches, and I'm back with Matt Smith. Oh my God, I'm fucking dying over here. Like literally, between the point of you starting the podcast proper, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've, I fucking cannot, I've been coughing that whole song. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, like, uh, I already, like I'm getting over a bit of a cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think was trying to develop into the flu. I've thankfully just been uh, fucking day and night quilling it like a motherfucker. Day and night quill. Ooh, that's a shirt. But uh, holy shit, man! I just like about uh, you can probably you can hear it. You can hear it. The rasp. The rasp. Well, that's not uh, stopping us this week because we're gonna we're we're, we're back. Jake, uh, holy shit! Do we have a lot of stuff? Or I've got a lot of stuff I've seen. I've got some stuff. I don't have as you much stuff as st- I want. I got some stuff. We'll we'll have that's some more good. soon. But Jake wrote wrote that email a couple of days ago, and, you know, he ain't wrong. No. He ain't wrong. Not at all. We've said some stuff. We've we've had some ideas. Um, I, I, I don't, I literally don't have a job right now, so I don't have a ton of funds to go see new movies, but he's right. We could be doing other stuff. We can, there, there are, we, there are things that we can do and things that we will do, but, uh, yes. It it really shouldn't be an excuse for me because I literally have nothing but time now, right now. So yeah, I mean, uh, you could you could Kevin Smith uh, this thing. I I honestly could. Like you could do about six hours of podcasting a day. Lord knows, no problem. Yeah, I I don't think people want to hear just me for six hours a day. But if I could find other people, <laughs> I don't I don't think that ever stops Kevin Smith. Well, I know I'm not I'm not I don't know that I'm as entertaining, or at least to the majority of people out there. If our downloads from all all of my podcasts are anything to be uh, uh, taken into account, probably not as popular as Kevin Smith. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. we can try. But if you do want to help me out, Patreon.com/slash/HMP. That honestly is. <laughs> literally all the money I'm making right now. But we got a lot of things in plan. And Matt, because so few people listen to this, and I haven't even talked to you about this, because this has kind of been a an overarching thing. Um, uh-huh. But we'll, we'll, we'll bring it out to the Film Find uh, folks here. You guys are going to be the first ones to hear it. Um, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit on Patreon, but not much. 
Um, we're going to be, uh, it, it looks like probably starting in February, sometime in February leading into probably March, is that uh, we're going to be consolidating some stuff. Whoa. And I don't mean in a bad way. I mean in a very, very good way. Well, um, and, and we'll I'm, see about that. Well, I'm very skeptical. At this point, all right. Knowing, knowing absolutely nothing. Knowing, knowing nothing. Let me pitch you. Let me, let me, let me give you the elevator pitch. Give me, yeah, give me the pitch. Um, so we have the film find, right? Yeah. Uh, I got preacher podcast. We have, uh-huh. the, we have the preacher podcast, and yes. uh, those are the three main ones that I do. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I've actually even talked to another friend about doing another podcast where it's just kind of uh, you know two guys just yapping about whatever. Just a kind of a very loose, freeform type type of show. You've been thinking about doing something else for a while. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably still coming very soon. Mm-hmm. I hope. I'm, I'm uh, mostly it's an it's an investment in tech at this point. Mm-hmm. Bruce has some shows, and uh, we're thinking about just putting everything under one big giant umbrella. We don't have a name Ooh. for what we're looking to do yet, but we want to put Heroes and Villains, Chubby Wizard, HMP, The Film Fine, Preacher Podcast, all of our crap. Uh, is is the nerdist taken? It is sadly. I looked it up, but they really they wanted a lot of money for that. Uh, I've got a co- I got a couple of things floating around, but we're gonna uh, okay. we're, we're we're looking to kind of do some of that, man. And um, you know, you, ma- should, you should potentially do a Patreon auction. Hmm. Now explain. Highest bidder on Patreon, highest contributor, mm-hmm. can choose the name maybe i mean hey i always look of upset choices yeah well okay well i mean that's we we do on that on hmp every uh every month is we give like you know everybody like four or five movies to choose from and if you you know voted you yeah to, think. Do, to do the fourth one for the month yeah mm-hmm. uh so that's that's the thing that goes on um i i, I don't know I'm just saying well the big thing to me <laughs> is just like <laughs> i'll be frank what good URLs are available. <laughs> so that's why I'm not even going to say names that I've floated just in case somebody yep. goes, I'm registering that shit. No, 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 no. Yeah. And uh, then we got to buy it from them. And then I got to buy it from them. There's a couple Chokes that, on you. We won't do it. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I ain't got that kind of bread though. There are some other ones that like, I go, well, this might be a good one. And they go, well, it's not one. It's not like one that's like, Oh, we want $10,000 for this. Right. But it is just like, give us an offer. And I'm like, how does that, could it really, how would that work? Is them, I mean, because they're like, you know, they, they suggest you start at like 25 bucks. And I'm like, would that be even something that they might, you know, I don't know. It's weird, but beats the hell out of me. But that's, that's, that's something for uh, down the line in the future and stuff, because I found another place. And I, I, I hope by saying this, this podcast doesn't get just deleted, <laughs> but it looks like we found a place to host a podcast where we may be able for, for slightly more than what I'm just paying by myself to host all the podcasts. We can host yeah. all of the podcasts. Oh, good. Let's, so let's do that. So hopefully that that will be good, and then you know, and then that Patreon money will go to fund everybody's stuff, and then you know, maybe eventually if we get up to enough money and get enough diverse kind of stuff out there, and uh, maybe if we can get all the ads and stuff running on one thing, who knows? You know, I'm not saying I'm gonna, you know, I, I say quit my job, but I don't have one. But uh, <laughs> so literally, I am podcasting for a living right now, even though I'm only making. Uh, probably about $200 a month with it so far. <laughs> that's, that's not a lot. That's not much to eat, but I, you know, patreon.com slash HMP. <laughs> you fucking living that high life. 
Look and at by this. that, I mean you can only afford to buy High Life. Only Miller High Life. And even that is just like, it's a little bit much. You're like, excuse me. We yeah, are it's the, the champagne of beers. We the you cham- should be drinking the, Mad Dog. <laughs> we are the champagne of beers, you douchebag. Well, I want you, you know, I want you drinking something, uh, you know, a steel reserve where you can get like 40 ounces for a buck 45. Something, you know, classic. I used to do some steel reserve when I was teaching high school. We had a rock band, and I would just like, I would like just get, and this is on a Monday because I had like weird off days. I would get like two giant steel reserve 40 ounces and just play rock band until the thing could not understand my voice anymore. Ah, uh, to be 22 again. <laughs> That's life. All right. So, speaking of being 22 again. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of being 13 and 14 again. <laughs> uh, real, real big fish. Mm-hmm. Playing with playing with anti flag here in Atlanta tomorrow night. Oh man, I that's that's one I wish I I'm pissed they're not coming here. I'm like, what the hell, I'd, guys? I'd go, but I'm not going to because I can't. I just fucking cannot do it. It'd be oh, it'd be good. I like luckily it I, would be good. Um, I saw anti flag probably about I think four years ago, four maybe five years ago at this point. But I just yeah. got a little thing that like uh, said. Uh, that I was like one of the Facebook reminder thingies, little flashback dealies. And it said mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, hey, back in 2011, this was the thing. And I was just like, hey, no effects is going to, uh, it's like no effects. It was um, Bouncing Souls and somebody else. And I was just like, oh shit, they, uh, the uh, who wants to go to this? They canceled that show shortly thereafter. Somebody got sick, but they made up for it by bringing Anti-Flag in like, you know, uh, you know, maybe six to eight months later or something like that. But that was an amazingly good show. And you got three big ass headliners doing full big headlining, you know, things. It was it was mm-hmm. damn good time. But uh, you know, uh, more stuff. We'll figure things out. But uh well, so hmm? yeah. What? You wanna you wanna talk about some movies? Let's talk about some movies. Um There's a lot that's come out and we have not seen all of it. No, we haven't. Um, but I've seen a fair chunk of it. You you've gone at it, so uh, you, you kind of you, you start right. us off. Start us off. Because uh, I got okay. so few. <laughs> All right. Let, let's see where. Let's see where we go. And I'll give you an opinion whether or not I saw it. I'll I'll say, hey, I didn't see that, <laughs> but here's what I here's what I think of it based upon the trailer that I saw. All right. Uh, saw Underworld. Garbage. Uh, Blood Wars. <laughs> What'd you say? I said all you had to say was the word Underworld, and I was just like, oh, it's garbage. Uh, you're not far off. But you like um, those Underworld movies, though. Uh, look, I, I actually don't enjoy them that much. I think the first one's pretty solid, mm-hmm. and then it gets worse, and then there's a prequel that's pretty good, and then the last two have been not good. And this is all, is it all still Paul W.S. Anderson? No, 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 that's Resident Evil. This I, is, uh, so this this started with uh, Lynn Wiseman. R- okay. He did, who, really? who started Underworld. Hmm. It's been a long um, time, man. And it is still Kate Beckinsale. Right. Uh, and she's still great, so uh, at least it has that going for it. Ain't she married to the Here, dude who does it now? Uh, Len or, Wiseman? I I think she's still married to him. He did not direct this one. Hmm, no. okay. Um, anyway, uh, here's the thing about Underworld. Uh, mm-hmm. That makes it not good. And then when I when I watch Resident Evil and we talk about those movies next week, <laughs> I'll talk it. about why I like those movies. Okay. Underworld uh, does not understand what it is. 
uh, these movies take themselves a little too seriously. They're all like very dour, uh, like everything about them. Color palettes depressing. The action scenes are kind of depressing. Um, but the biggest hindrance is that they have the most convoluted plot of any fucking movie about vampires and werewolves you have ever seen in your life. That's what turned me off and, from the first one. Cause I mean that like the first movie, I was just like, it's, it's a subject that you think would be cool, but it's just like, you're right. They take themselves way too seriously. And it's just like, come on, bro, give me something to work with here. And I've never, I never got any of that enjoyment that people seem to get out well, of them. So, so there's just, it has too much story and it doesn't ever break away from any of it. So like each new installment is just like, you have to have remembered four movies worth of shit, like who people are and what their blood relations are, because it's all about like, you know, uh, fucking vampire royalty and shit. Oh boy. And like, it's just too complex for a fucking B movie that is based around uh, women in skin-tight leather uh, kicking the shit out of and killing things. Yeah. Uh, which is what the movies are. Uh, in contrast, Resident Evil gets itself, and we'll talk about that after the after we uh, next week, after mm-hmm. we see the, mm-hmm. or after I see the new one, at the very least. Uh, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> so, so Underworld Blood Wars, uh, if you're a completist, uh, you probably have already seen it. Otherwise, uh, who gives a shit? Mm. Um, uh, Moana better or worse than Chronicles of Riddick because they all seem like the same type of garbage to me wait Underworld no yeah no Moana uh, <laughs> uh, better than uh, Chronicles of Riddick or like the whole series of Riddick the the last one the Chronicles Riddick wait a just minute just Riddick was the last one Chronicles of Riddick's the big space opera one in the middle that's the only one I've seen other than the first one so yes that one Oh, it's uh, it is worse than Chronicles of Riddick. Yowza, that movie stuff. Which, which is which is only bad because it has too much story. It's gorgeous. Uh, there's good actors in it. It has too much story that uh, is completely inconsequential. Boy, do they telegraph that ending from 16 miles away, don't they? <laughs> they were yeah. ju- they were just uh, like the only person that sits on the throne will well, be like this as a thing. series. That that's pretty good. Like there's there's the animated stuff uh, that's really strong. Uh, Pitch Black and Riddick, the last film that came out uh, a few years ago, uh, is really good. And um, also, there's a fucking video game. I was about to say, came the, out on the video game was like PlayStation I, 2? PlayStation 3, maybe? I forget. Uh, uh, I think it was one just, of the yeah. earlier Xboxes. I think it was PlayStation, maybe PlayStation and Xbox, I think. Yeah, that might have been it. Uh, it may have been Xbox. I, you know, it had to be yeah. 2 and Xbox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that that game also awesome that that game had like that game had better ratings than any of the movies did people people yeah. love that game I, I never i played the demo but i never really played it myself but people people love that thing man yeah because it's really good uh so mm-hmm. uh moana yes this is something i attempted to watch but didn't get the, the we'll say time okay <laughs> uh awesome Really good. I, I, I figure uh, as much, and I'm definitely going to watch for a obviously, you know, Academy Award type stuff like that. And you know, it's it's one of those types of movies that look who it's coming from, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> think about like it. Disney for me, and and I think we've discussed this literally every time we've seen a Disney movie <laughs> uh, in the past four or five years. 
really does kick Pixar's ass these days. The last couple like, of like bits, yeah. Disney Animation Studios really does, right? Um, I, I think this movie's better than Finding Dory, which we both liked. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's fun. It's very colorful. The water effects is like what they really spent a lot of time developing animation tools for. Uh, the water is uh, gorgeous, right? Um, and plays a large part in the story, which is, of course, why they would focus on developing animations uh, software for it. Um, it's a really good, simple story. Classic Disney structure. Mm-hmm. Um, the songs are great by... Uh, uh, fuck, I forgot. Lin Manuel Miranda. Well, it is it is Lin Manuel Miranda, but I forgot who wrote it with him. Um, but they're great, and uh, I hope he them. actually wins because uh, we'll talk about this. But God, is that uh, score for La La Land not that fucking good? Okay. Um, but but the songs in Moana are really good, and plus I I, I like the idea of Lin Manuel Miranda getting a getting an egot. Yeah, he's just he's you know. Stones throw away, man. Yeah, he just needs the one. Um, okay, so Moana, definitely see it. Most of you have probably seen it. Came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bye Bye Man. Now, this is a movie that I think I may have seen one trailer in passing. This thing did not get a lot of promotion. Re- remind us what it's about, because I I can't even think that I really remember it, all that. Well. It's a it is a horror movie uh, with a shitty villain and a horrible title. <laughs> Uh, who it is? It is his name, the Bye Bye Man. Jesus, and you're not supposed to think it or say it because once he's in your mind, he comes for you. I think that's called uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I mean, it's 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 a lot of much better movies. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, the Bye Bye Man might be the worst horror movie I saw this year. Ooh. It it might just be the worst thing uh, horror movie that I saw. And well. I say this year still talking about last year because Bye Bye Man was supposed to fucking come out back in like October. Oh man, when when you have a and horror then, movie that they didn't. don't let out in October and they're like put it in January, it's garbage. Yeah, I mean it's guaranteed bankability in October. Yeah, but if you if you have so little faith in it being guaranteed money that you move it to fucking January. They were like, look, man, we got burned with that zombie scout's God to the apocalypse last year. We ain't getting fucked twice. Yeah, we're not doing it. <laughs> um, so bye-bye, man. Uh, tell it to fuck off. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> sleepless. Not in Seattle. Not in Seattle. Okay. No, it, it, it takes place in Las Vegas, of all places. Mm, that's not this Seattle. Is, <laughs> do, you, do you know this movie? I, again, I think I heard of the title, but not not a hundred percent. Yeah, so it's uh, so it's got Jamie Foxx in it. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Ti and Who, uh, Michelle honest, Moynihan. Uh, as much as I don't want to admit it, Ti's got some charisma. He's all right. Oh, dude, this movie is all charisma. Yeah, it is pretty lean. Uh, there's almost no frills. It's ultra tight type budget um i don't know what it fucking costs but it couldn't have been much because almost all of it takes place inside of a casino mm-hmm. um it's got scoot mcnary in it Ooh. uh who's who plays the villain and he's great as always uh it's just a little nice thriller uh there's not much to it everybody is uh 
is pretty good. I will say there are some creative choices that while you're watching the movie, you're like, why in the fuck did they hold that shot for like 20 seconds? When it's like, there's Jamie Foxx. He's just standing in a close-up waiting on the elevator for 20 seconds. Hmm. Why do we have that shot? Time to get the filler. Yeah. Well, we got to make this uh, like roughly an hour and a half. Um (laughs) Can't have a 75-minute movie, Fort? except you fucking can, and it would be awesome. Unless you're Lake Placid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, outside of some of that kind of, uh, like, just weird shot choices and uh, what have you, um, weird edits, that sort of thing, uh, pretty enjoyable. And the theater I was in seemed to like it a whole lot. Mm. Uh, so I was on board. Rotten Tomatoes as does not say very good things no, it's not. Look, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that it is enjoyable. 14% critic, 51 user. 51 user. That was a guy. Yep. Well, a lot of it is like they have a lot of star power that they mostly waste mm-hmm. on on the plot and the story, which does not call for these people to be in this movie. Uh, and like I said, it is pretty shoddily edited uh, as far as like pacing is concerned. Um. But I still, like, I didn't mind that I was watching it. This is an afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon matinee movie uh, on, I don't know, fucking TNT or something. You right? want like, to, put you this on uh, while you're uh, waiting, on the, waiting on the football game or some shit next year, and uh, you'll be good to go. You'll be fine. You want your brain to be knocked out the back of your skull? Bye-bye, man. Better, better rotten tomato rating than sleepless. 22 it, versus That 14. shit is incorrect. Bye-bye, man <laughs> is fucking egregiously terrible. Good. Uh, okay. Live by night. Uh, this is one that, that I was wanting to see. This should be. This is interesting because Ben Affleck has had a uh, pretty darn good directing career at this point. Gone, baby, gone. You got Argo. You got, uh, what's, it, what's it called? The Town. Uh, so pretty pretty stellar uh, lineup for that guy for quite some time now, and yep. uh, this was uh, you know came out late in the year and everything. Supposed to get some love, did not really get any love. Was it worth it? I loved this movie. Oh shit! Now I gotta go. I mean, I, was uh, gonna, I wanted to go see it anyways, but it's not his best work. I still think that uh, I'm not a huge fan of Argo. I think this is just as good as Argo, although a lot of people seem to think that's his best movie. The other two I like a lot more. Okay, the Town I mean, and, and Gone Baby Gone are my favorites of of the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not far behind. Just like Argo is not far behind for me. Uh, I think they're all about the same level of quality. Mm-hmm. I just prefer the other two. And that's uh, that's fair I mean? enough. I, I get that. Um, but uh, so this is uh, yet again based on a, a Dennis Lehane novel um, set in the uh, 1920s during uh, Prohibition. Uh, an Irish mobster uh, played by uh, or an Irish uh, uh, hood played by uh, Ben Affleck um, is beaten half to death and spends some time in prison. Cause he's, uh, he's committed some uh, felonies. Uh, when he gets out, he decides he's got to take revenge. So he teams up with the Italian mafia to get revenge on the Irish mob. And he goes down to Tampa and basically starts running the entirety of uh, the rum operation down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this movie is really good. Uh, lots of twists and turns. The acting is fan fucking tastic. Um, it has a, a weird, uh, but really nice subplot of, uh, the police chief in Tampa, his, um, his, uh, daughter goes out West to, um, be an actress and she ends up actually hooked on smack and comes back after being rescued, uh, and starts to, uh, be a, a tent revival preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, who kind of gums up the ambitions of the uh, mobs operations down there. Um, I just really thought it was great. It looks fantastic. It moves along pretty briskly. Uh, It's a a rather long movie, uh, two hours and eight minutes. Not super long, but rather long. Uh, But it didn't feel like it to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I really enjoyed Live by Night. Um, I have no idea what other people thought of it. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> seem to just bag on it for. Uh, it's 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 not doing well. It's as far as well. Like, I know it's made no money. It's made no money, but I mean, like like critically, it's 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 done pretty lousy too. Yeah, and I think I think people are just kind of down on. I think he's in a downturn right now, and I don't know why why because I think this movie is just as good as his other stuff. Hmm. Um. But you know what? What? What do I actually know? I guess I can only tell you what I liked, and I like it's. It. It's tough, man. And, and and let's be honest, though. You know, some people success also breeds contempt. Yeah, I think you know. Well, and and uh, I think I think a lot of people are focusing on Casey this year. Yeah, for various reasons. Uh, I still haven't seen Manchester by the Sea. I really like uh, Kenneth Lonergan, the the guy who directed that. Yeah. Um, I just hear it's a blast. <laughs> well, that's why I haven't gone. I haven't been in such a good mood. <laughs> it's just like, man, I want to keep this glory day going. Oh, <laughs> I don't feel so good uh, now. What's going on, guys? So, so I'm gonna say, uh, like, uh, this one's this one's a go and see it. Uh, definitely worth your time on on uh, Redbox or some other uh, rental service or streaming. Which may Very come enjoyable. soon because man, they they really they they pared them screening down the screenings down here in Charlotte real quick. Oh yeah, they, they. Um, all right. I think I have one more. All right. That you have not seen. Uh, Hidden Figures. Oh, I saw Hidden Figures. We, we can Did talk you? about that. Let's yeah. talk about it then. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that was what was on my list. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> well, you you start your list then, and we'll just we'll just get to hidden figures. Uh, well, that's that's the only real major one that I that I can kind of talk about. I, I, I the the only other thing that I've really kind of watched since then, and we'll be talking about it. Uh, we'll be talking about it a little bit later, and I don't want to I don't even want to mention it because we'll we'll be talking about it later in the show. But okay. uh, it's something we're doing on H and P. Okay. Um, but so let's let's talk hidden figures. Um. I, I, I gotta say I thought this was gonna be kind of a kind of a standard kind of cookie cutter type thing and in a way it is but in uh-huh. a way it's well not in a way it is really really good yeah it's a very it's- very solid film for something that could come could come off as kind of corny you know yeah could come off it's- a little bit saccharine or a little bit too and yet it doesn't heavy. right like it's it's really well made. The performances are awesome. Oh, everybody's fantastic. Uh, like, like everybody's great in it. Yeah. Um, and the story's really compelling. I mean, and I gotta say, this is, I mean, and and is like the whole thing when you see the trailer and stuff. It's just like the the untold story. This is a story you don't hear about. No, you just don't. I sure as hell didn't really know about it. 
I think I yeah. may have heard like maybe a little bit, but a lot of times when things are kind of swept under the rugs a little bit, you just go like, eh, it probably didn't have that big of an impact. But when you see what was actually going down, I was sure as hell did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was thoroughly impressed. And well, and, and I was there when I was in the theater. There was some uh, sorority that was doing it's like uh, like little sisters night or something where they take like a bunch of like a big group of little girls. Who, please uh, tell me they people. sang some Elvis in there. Uh, well, <laughs> well uh, I got to tell you, they they fucking loved the movie. Mm hmm. Uh, like those girls, uh, like little girls were laughing and cheering and all kinds of shit. And it was fun as hell. This is one of those movies of honestly, like five minutes in, you just know, Oh, I'm going to like this. Yeah. You oh, just yeah. Know. I mean, as soon as it, it establishes just their characters before mm-hmm. the cop even shows up. Yeah. You're just like, okay, I'm fully on board you, now. The, it's it's such a it's such a great exploration of who these women are, what their you know kind of relationship to each other uh, is and stuff, and it really really works. And it's just like, oh well, I'm already sold. Yeah. And I will put it down, man. This is uh, we we give our award out every year to the kind of the hustlers of 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 the moviedom, if you will. And I think one of the ones that is definitely going to go throughout this for the year of 2016, Marsha Shala Ali. That cat's in everything. And he's yeah. good in everything. Good and, in everything. I haven't seen Moonlight yet, but I'm going to. Yeah. Because I... I, I... Cut out a little bit. But yeah, I'm definitely seeing Moonlight as well because that's a... I, I have this feeling that it's going to be the upset for La La Land for Best Picture like it was at the Globes. It's interesting because um, the Oscars these days are not nearly the runaway Oscars that they'd been, you know, in years past, where it's just like this gets everything kind of deal. It's usually yep. it's 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 very split up because, you know, it's very like, oh, well, we gave best director here, but we're going to give best picture over here. I I can't remember the last time best picture and best director were synced up outside of maybe like Return of the King. Maybe that's the last time I can remember just off the top of my head, but it, it, it seems, it seems very much to be the kind of like, Hey, we, we, they spread it out a lot more. I don't know, yeah. you know, for good or for bad. I, you know, I'm not going to say either way, but although, you know, like, uh, you know, moonlight may or may or may not win, but I, from what I hear, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I, I hear from what, from what I understand, I, I've heard, I've heard like really good. And I've also heard the, the parts are better than the sum of its whole. That may be, but I could think of that for a lot of movies. That's very that, true. That I really like. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's pretty much it. But yeah, Hidden Figures is definitely worth a shot there. And it's a, it's a nice, you know, what's it? Yeah. It's, it's PG. So you know, you take the whole yeah. family. Yeah, Hidden Figures is great. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I realize so, we didn't even quite say what we were uh, talking about this uh, this episode. So, well, let's, let's. It's okay. It's a surprise now. Yeah, surprise, fuckers, that you so probably are, saw the art for the episode. <laughs> uh, so, first up, we're going to be uh, dialing the clock back a little bit. We're going to talk about La La Land. Uh, what, 14 nominations tying up Titanic there? Yep. So, uh, a lot of. A lot of big hype there. We'll say we'll talk about if that hype was worth it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the founder, something that was supposed to come out in October. They pushed it to the end of the year. Hopefully for some Oscar love, that didn't work out so much. 
Uh, and we'll talk about whether or not that might have been worth it. And we'll wrap everything up with a new movie from Midnight Shyamalan. We're going to be talking about Split. And uh, just so you guys know ahead of time, and we'll say it again when we get there, uh, but there's going to be some major spoiler stuff on Split because it's a it's a movie that you almost, in a way, can't talk about without spoiling. So right. keep that in the back yeah, of your yeah, mind. Yeah, you can't. I mean, like, I've tried to talk to people about it uh, without spoiling it, and it's impossible. Yeah, everyone I go, I'm just like, just just, just go see it. Just go yep. see it. <laughs> so, But uh, we'll, we'll get into that as well. All right, so first off, let's uh, listen to the trailer for La La Land. Two options. You either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capiche? Thank you. I can do it a different way. No, that's, that's fine. Thank you very much. something that's as interesting as you are. What are you going to do? I have my own club. Is that going to happen every time? I think so. How are you going to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? You're holding on to the past, but jazz is about the future. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. And it's very, very exciting. That was a trailer for La La Land, our first, uh, we'll say newish release. It's still out, and I think they're actually going to be bringing it. Um, it's going to go wider. Yeah, I think they're going to they're going to bring it out a little bit more because uh, you know you don't get 14 Oscar nominations and people just kind of ignore you. You know. Yeah, and and they have until like the like February 14th before a bunch of shit really starts coming out. Yeah. Uh, so here's the IMDb plotline. It's about as short and sweet as you can possibly get. A jazz pianist falls for an inspiring actress in Los Angeles. This is written and directed by Damien Chazelle, who brought us Whiplash uh, not too awful long ago, which I think we both uh, loved a ton. Uh, starring Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Rosemary DeWitt, J.K. Simmons, John Legend, and more. Um, so, Although really those people. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> No, not done outside of that. Mostly just two of those four people. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but I, I look. He's got to be. I want, I want J.K. Simmons to be his Sam Jackson is to uh, Tarantino. Just throw him yeah. in the. Just throw him in the movie. Even if it's uh-huh. a, even if it's a small role like this one, 
just throw him in there just because he's that kind of good luck charm. <laughs> I am uh, I am astounded quality. by uh, Damien Chazelle as a filmmaker because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Whiplash was so much better than this movie. Ooh, okay. So um, I, I, I've heard some people kind of echo the same sort of sentiments. So uh, get, let's let's get into <laughs> it, man. I figured we'd start off with a punch. Yeah. Uh, so let me preface: I did not hate La La Land. Mm-hmm. I I don't even really dislike it. I'm mostly just it's whatever. Here's the here's where I come. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> man if we uh, wouldn't have had the first part of this show that's what would be the opening <laughs> here's where i come <laughs> here's where i come all right uh this movie on some level fundamentally misunderstands 1950s musicals okay from the importance of choreography uh, from memorable songs, from what the film actually looks like, how the film is structured, and they're not depressing as shit. Okay. And so that's that's like five things that I'm just like, you don't get these things about specifically the musicals you're ripping off or, you know, if we want to be very kind about it, uh, transforming into a new thing. Um, Gene Kelly musicals. They mm-hmm. just don't get it. This isn't always a bad thing, but I think it's a hindrance. Okay. I you know I, I can I I think those are valid statements actually. Um, so. it it didn't it didn't bother me at all though. <laughs> so so here's the thing though. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you remember? Any any musical number here's, from this movie. Here's what I, I think the problem, and and I've heard this from other people as well, and it, it might be it might be just a larger problem as a whole. At least in my theater, it was not it was not mixed well. Like the whole opening scene and stuff, it's yeah. just like a lot of the musical stuff was not mixed to the point where I, I could hear it really really well. And I think right. to me that was a big problem. And again, I've heard it from other it, people, so it may just be the movie itself. It may be the and here's the digital thing. I've mentioned that to people. people, and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's part of the point hmm. because it's a it's a a new take on it, Look, a more I don't realistic, want mo- subdued yeah. thing." And it's like, except that nothing else about the movie is that. Yeah, I I don't need mumblecore, you know, musicals, <laughs> you know. Yeah, what is, like who the is this fucking uh, like Jacques Demy or some shit? Like what the fuck is this? Yeah, that that would really would have been my only complaint and and again, I can only really I I I was I was being generous and I I chalked it up to the theater. But, but so but here's I have the other, other thing things. about about musicals specifically, right? Like um it's it turns into not one that this is very true. It starts out with this big company dance number, right? That actually is not even a company dance number because you never see those people again. True. They They're... don't return in other bit parts or show up anywhere else. It's just like here's a dance number on the freeway. As about to say, everybody that's on fine. the freeway we, and that's it. We can deal with that, right? Then we we go to 
Emma Stone's apartment where they're having their, her and her roommates are dancing around. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's actual like choreography. Um, it's the song is conversational. So it's actually driving the plot forward. All good so far. That is the last time that happens in this movie. Everything else is set up. And then you're just watching people perform a song without actually driving the plot forward. One time it happens almost again is when Emma Stone does her solo at the audition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's, but there's no, like, it's not a number. It's just a song that she's performing that tells a story. Mm -hmm. So basically you have the first two numbers. You're like, okay, this is fifties musical territory. And then the rest is just like, well, I guess that if we're qualifying, uh, like blues brothers as a musical, <laughs> that this counts because there are people performing music in it. Right. You're, you're, you're definitely on there is that it's, it's definitely not kind of the, it's while, while seemingly trying to be one of those things is also seemingly trying not to be one of those things as well, which is, which is, which is at odds and, and it can be, you know, jarring if that's what you're kind of looking for. I just, I'll be honest though, something about it, you know, hit me in just the right way. I mean, I, and, and here's the thing. Everything that you're saying is an absolutely complete and 100% valid argument. And I, I honestly can't say that I necessarily disagree with those things. Yet, here I am, and I, I put it at the top of my list for 2016. So, you know, I, mm. I, I can't I can't speak to it, man. Sometimes things just hit you in the right way. And this one hit me. I don't know. I'm, and I'm, I'm a sucker for musicals. I, I guess even musicals that aren't technically musicals. I think it was a, a mostly <laughs> miss for me. I, and I love musicals too. I, I get I it. love them. I, I I get it. I mean, th like I said, things that you're saying. The other not the other major not, complaint <laughs> I have about it is uh, everybody talks about how good this movie uh, looks. I don't think it looks that good. Mm. I think it has really good production design, but I think the cinematography is muddy, and I don't think that uh, I don't think. <sighs> Tracking shots are not choreography. Okay. That's where I'll fall on that. And most of what passes for dance numbers are people walking around or, or running around and tapping their feet a couple of times while the camera zooms and pans and does whatever else. Yeah, it, I, I will say it's this. It's all mobile camera. It's not them doing it. And part of that is um, they are not musical performers and even the and there stuff, is a certain charm to that but i don't think the film delivers on that charm and even the stuff that's like in silhouette that could obviously does not have to be them you know doesn't have to be ryan gosling doesn't have to be emma stone could be just doubles right uh -huh. that are all just done in silhouette it, it's still it's still not you know amazingly good and and that is one of the things is that you know when you watch you know a gene kelly musical it's all him and it is unbelievably good. And uh, I forgive some of the singing, Ryan Gosling's singing not being great. I, I've heard a couple of people I saying it's good. I don't have a problem with their singing. I, I don't either. Like, I think their singing is fine. I mean, all things considered, because it's not, you know, it's not traditional. But, but you're but, not but wrong. My biggest, my biggest complaint really is the sound mix is terrible. And I don't, 
outside of the the theme, the do 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 do, right? That thing. Uh, I don't remember a fucking song from that. Band. And and I that that was my biggest complaint. I'd like to, and and again, I I hope if if it is kind of an overall thing, I hope they fix it for the DVD release. Um, I, I think it was intentional, and I think it sucks. If it if it is intent- it is a terrible sound design, <laughs> and if it wins for sound mix, yeah, uh, for for uh, achievement in sound uh, editing or sound mixing, holy shit! No, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it up there, but I, yeah, I, I'll I'll reserve my final final judgments till I kind of see it again on you know something that that I personally have a hundred percent control of, and uh, if if so, then you know it'll probably go down you know in quality a little bit, but uh, like I said, it's just. Something about it worked enough for me. So, hmm. uh-huh. all right. Well, let's get into Numero Dose here. As we mentioned before, this movie was kind of uh, put on the back burner for a little while, and they were like, "Man, this sucker's gonna be Oscar gold." Everybody turns out. I don't know that it got one Oscar nomination, if memory serves. Uh, but we saw it anyway. Here is the trailer for The Founder. Oh, that's the wrong damn trailer. Hold on. <clears throat> I thought I had my tabs in the right order. Here we go. One more time. I know what you're thinking. How the heck does a 52-year-old, over-the-hill, milkshake machine salesman build a fast food empire with 1,600 restaurants at an annual revenue of $700 million? One word. Persistence. Prince Castle Sales. Hi, Jim. Ray. How's it going down there? Good. Swell. A lot of interest. We got an order. Six mixers. To anyone in particular? McDonald's. Care for a little tour? We wanted something different, and that's when my brother here comes up with one of his brilliant ideas. Order's ready in 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. Unique, original, there's nothing like this. It's revolutionary. It's exactly what it is, it's revolutionary. What is that? The Golden Arches. It's a way to make the place stand out. There should be McDonald's everywhere. Franchise the damn thing. Mr. Crow. Franchise. 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 McDonald's can be the new American church. It ain't just open on Sundays, boys. I am flesh and I am bone. Rise up, ting, ting, like glitter and gold. How can we be almost out of capital? Did you mortgage our home? We could lose everything. I want to renegotiate my lousy deal. I can't. Can't or won't? Ray. What? No! Oh, damn it. What you ought to be doing is owning the land upon which that burger is cooked. You're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. Franchise Realty Corporation. It's its own separate company, which puts it outside your purview. There's a wolf in the hen house. We let him in. When's enough gonna be enough for you? Probably never. You are to stop this instant. I am through taking orders from you. You have a contract. Contracts are like hearts. They're made to be broken. Business is war. It's dog eat dog, rat eat rat. I want to take the future. I want to win. The brothers are your business partners. Make it go away. I don't care what it takes. That glorious name, McDonald's. I had to have it. You don't have it. You sure about that? All 
right, that was a trailer for The Founder, our second new release review, IMDb Plotline. The story of Ray Kroc, a salesman who turned two brothers' innovative fast food eatery McDonald's into one of the biggest restaurant businesses in the world with a combination of ambition, persistence, and ruthlessness. It's directed by John Lee Hancock, starring Michael Keaton, Nick Offerman, John Carroll Lynch, uh, Linda Cardellini, B.J. Novak, Laura Dern, and more. Um... Yeah, like I said, this is uh, this was supposed to be a big Oscar buzz, man, but didn't uh, di- didn't happen. Looks like Weinstein's kind of struck out on that one again. Well, they they have uh, what what should we call it in there that sh- showed pretty strong. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, I'm sure. I, well, I mean, with uh, in regards to this particular flick, then let's put it that way. Yes. Because that's, that's how they always wanted to do, like, uh, you know, back in the 90s and stuff, was really stack Oscar time and all that kind of good jazz and really kind of buy their way best pictures. And it kind of worked for a little while. Is it, I want to say it's Lion that's them. Is that them? Okay. I, I want to say it's, because, uh, like, uh, that movie has been getting really good reviews and everybody seems to really like it, but it's got no award season buzz up until, like, the Globes and the Oscars, which is classic Weinstein movie. Yeah. It looked, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it because it's, it's I like kind that. of on the list. It just, it looked kind of cookie cutter to me. Um, but well, uh, you know, that's their thing. No, this is true. That's their fucking thing. So I went into this movie with an interesting idea, Matt. I said, you know what? Uh-huh. I'm going to go watch a movie about, so this, you're, you guys are getting two reviews here, not just from me right. and him, but from, an, I got another thing I'm going to review before we review this movie. Okay. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go see a movie about McDonald's. I'm going to get some McDonald's in me before I go see this movie. I don't eat a McDonald's a whole hell of a lot, but, you know, every once in a while, why the hell not? Yep. So I decided to check out the new uh, the new, the new Big Big Mac. The I think they call it the uh-huh. Royal Mac or whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's, it is, the, uh, it's the quarter pounder double or whatever the fuck. Well, with, uh, I'm not sure. Big exa- Mac sauce? I'm not sure. No, Well, not exactly. No, no, no. That's a different one, I think. Okay. Because there's there's like a junior Mac now, so it's kind of just like one. It's like a Big Mac, but with one patty and just the rest of the stuff, and two pieces of bread. Uh, but this one is like it's big. Like it's literally, I would say it's one point five times the size of an original Big Mac, maybe even a little bit bigger, but at least that big. And uh, it's a Big Mac, but it's really big. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, it was kind of good. And I'll be, I'll also be honest, amazingly uh-huh. filling. I think any. Any person that eats that thing and goes, boy, I'm still hungry for more, you might have a problem. Because yeah. that's a shit ton of burger that you end up eating within all that because, my God, it's huge. Anyway. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The Grand Mac. Yeah, right? Grand Mac. That's what it's called. I couldn't remember the uh, damn name. Jesus Christ. Two third-pound patties? It's gigantic. Jesus. I was just like, who who eats this and just goes, boy, I could have some more. I was just like, I I don't think I ate for like you know six hours after that damn thing. I wasn't sitting in the yep. movie going, man, I need some popcorn. I was just like, I'm still trying to digest that big giant hunk of meat. All right. Well, Anyways, so uh, let's talk about Ray Kroc then. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. I I thought this movie was uh this this movie this is a good movie. And it had yes. like a lot of uh, it was a lot. It's a great history tale too, you know. 
Uh-huh. I think it does a really good job of not just showing you the Ray Kroc side, but also giving you the McDonald's Brothers side and everything, and really how the actual restaurant itself came to be. And I thought that was a great thing to really kind of explore, you know, why it was import- as important as it was back then. And the changing landscape of going through, through uh, you know, regular, uh, you know, kind of drive-in restaurants and stuff, going to that, hey, walk up here, get your stuff, get it in 30 seconds, and then you're just finished. I think that was I think that was really big and a really cool thing to kind of see because you don't really see that depicted a whole lot on film. Right. Usually you're way in the extreme of one or the other. <laughs> but uh Michael Keaton does a uh he's he does Michael Keaton, man. He's great. <laughs> well, he's God, I love that guy. He just like, I, I I like this movie is almost just watching him have various uh, moments of mental breakdown and uh, be angry at shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could watch that all fucking day. Yeah. Like, like I, I could have watched this movie seriously probably another three times before being like, well, I've seen Michael Keaton enough. <laughs> He's he's um, entertaining the whole damn time. So he's like he's traveling around, and the- he is acting right. He's yeah. do, he's doing the voice. Uh, he he's got mannerisms that are a little less Michael Keatony mm-hmm. uh, than normal. Um, but I got to tell you, who walks away with this fucking movie for me? Okay, Nick Offerman. That's what I figured you were gonna say. <laughs> he's so good, man. Understated, uh, I mean, but Nick, I know. I know everybody likes him as Ron Swanson because he is great. Of course. Parts, parts of it, right? It is, it is his role that he will forever be known for. Yeah. But I think we forget that he's been an actor for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. And, um, he kind of crops up all over the fucking place throughout his history. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always good. He's just always good. But here, uh, I mean, he's up against Michael Keaton. He's up against John Carroll Lynch. Mm-hmm. He's up against Laura Dern, right? Who all are doing great work. Um, BJ Novak's great. Yeah, he's uh, real Linda good. Cardellini's great, right? Everybody is turning in top-notch acting. And it's so uh, weird jobs. to see Linda Cardellini blonde, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, kinda... I couldn't place her for a I minute. couldn't either. I was, I was just like, that? oh, oh yeah. it's Linda Cardellini. Wow. But, but he holds that fucker down and mm. makes every scene he's in his scene, which is crazy because he has some pretty big scenes up against Keaton. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not physically, at least uh, editing wise. Yeah. Right. Where you like, you're like, Oh my God, Nick Offerman, you're so good. And, and you know, and he's kind of the whole brains behind, you know, the whole, you know, McDonald's thing, the layout yeah, of McDonald's. the stuff and being able to really kind of saying, Hey, here's how we want it. You know, the other brothers, you know, he's, he's kind of the, he helps with a little bit of the passion and kind of, you know, getting the ball running and everything, but it's really the brainchild of Dick and him wanting to get everything done. Yeah. And, uh, and while he's still, uh, you know, they're telling the story there. He's like, Hey, I want to take you guys out to dinner and tell me, tell me, tell me your story. Tell me about how, you know, that you came up with this idea Yeah. and they're telling him everything. And, uh, you know, he's like John Carroll Lynch starts to give a little bit of the story and then just kind of gets cut off. But he does, but the thing is, it's like, he's not even being rude. He just almost doesn't mind. And even though he's kind of been overshadowed by his brother all the time, he also knows he's kind of the guy who does it. Yeah. And, 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 and it doesn't mind. So it's a very, a very interesting relationship between the two of those that didn't, 
that could have come off as like contentious, like you know, you know, one kind of you know was just like, well, I want a little bit of the star too, right? Yeah. But it wasn't about that, and I think that was I think that was a great little piece to put in. Was, that was probably true to life, but it 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 felt just like a great character piece. That it was just like he's not really he's not steamrolling him, not not in a bad way. No. But because he he knows it's like this kind of is his show. Now, I would say this would if you're going to put something as kind of analogous to this, it's not. I'll be honest, it's not as good of a movie because it's going to be pretty damn tough to do that. But this is kind of like a lower level sort of Wolf of Wall Street kind of thing. Uh, a little bit. In a, in a sense. I mean, Ray, Ray Kroc is is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he steamrolls these fucking brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually. I mean, there's a long period where he's kind of eating shit. So you do feel bad for the guy. Right. Because his, his entire contribution really is... Uh, changing the way that restaurant franchising works, right? And and really, but but even before that, just kind of the ambition that he kind of puts into it. That was the one yes. thing that while the brothers themselves had tried to do a little franchising, they just didn't have the grasp on it that they could have should have had, right? Yeah, but you know, and then and then by the end of the movie, not only has he taken over control of the entire chain, uh, he also opens up a location directly across from theirs and ends up putting them out of business. Yeah. It, it it's rough because you're right. It's it, you really feel two ways about the guy because like it is one of those things of like yes, it would have never been successful without him and but yeah, he did also step on some necks to get there. So uh-huh. it, it's and I th- I think that's a really good I think it's really good. They didn't make him out to be a complete monster, but they didn't make him out to be a saint either. So I, yeah, to me, that I, was the, one of the best balancing acts. Uh, yeah, one of the things that's really successful about the movie is uh, this is a film that could have very easily not been given the the uh, the ability to even say the name McDonald's oh, yeah. in, in tandem uh, with the restaurant. Um, but to do that and then to portray him as not the best human being uh, is really a strength. Yeah. They they get a little so, bit of they get a little bit of credit there at the end with the with the kind of uh, you know uh, fast times at Ridgemont High ending <laughs> where they're just like yeah you know, fifty where they, years where they later tell you all the stuff yeah uh, so they, he kind of gets a little retribution with that but at, at the same time it's like they they put enough of a bad light on him but it's not like look at this horrible monster because like at the same time too. He was he was ambitious. He got to the point that he needed to get to and that he wanted to get to. He finally found something that he could do and do it right. And like in a way, you're like, I kind of can't blame you, but also at the same time, it's just like you could have done that better. You know, you could have been less of a dick about it. You could have, like, like the whole like just giving him, you know, the one percent handshake. And, but at the same time, it, and it's and it's rough because you feel conflicted. At least I do. Where it's just like. Yeah, but you guys shouldn't have shook on that. You knew you knew when you did it that you shouldn't have done it. And their hearts are too big. I, I I like to say that as opposed to they were too gullible not to know. But I'd like to think that their hearts were too big to where they were just like, yes, I'll sign this deal with the devil. That that they knew. The devil that they knew, <laughs> you know? And that's yeah. the tough part. And that's that's the biggest thing is like at the end of the day, you really can wind all this back. All the McDonald's brothers has to say is no. All they have to say is no. They did say yes. They did get in bed to, with the devil, and when the devil came and you know smacked them, 
they they kind of almost let him do it a couple of times, and that's what uh, that's the that's the kicker, you know. So it's like uh-huh. it's like you feel bad you yeah. feel bad, but at the same time, it's just like you also help facilitate that badness happening to you in a way. So nobody gets out scot free, which again I think is also a really good point to the story. Yeah, I think so. Again, yeah. it's it's uh, a I, lot of I gradation. I really enjoyed the movie, though. It was, right? Like, I, I thought it was very strong uh, performance-wise. I liked everybody in it. I'm going to say, like, go out and see this movie. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a solid, grown-up flick. And it's and like I said, it's a history lesson, man. It's a history lesson about yeah. the time of the early '50s and stuff, and how things went down, and, uh, and really, and also how shitty capitalism can be. Yeah. But like literally, <laughs> but hey, but hey, and man, how, and how shitty capitalism started. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying that like uh, the movie depicts capitalism as shitty, but you can see like what Ray Kroc starts setting up becomes like a whole system of being shit. Well, yeah, it, and people have taken that to the to the to the utmost extreme. So, yes, but and yeah, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It'll 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 lead to an interesting conversation afterwards. And get yourself a big Mac while you're at it. <laughs> a grand Mac, a even. grand Mac, even you or won't a, you won't eat for the le, rest of the day. La grand Mac, la grand Mac. <laughs> All right, so what do they call a Whopper? I don't know, I didn't go to Burger King. Let's go ahead and get into our last flick. Here is the trailer for Split. Hey, pardon me, sir. I think you have the wrong car.
belongs to you. All right, that was a trailer for Split, our last new release review of, the, I want to say the week we haven't been doing the show in a while. <laughs> but uh, here's the IMDb plot line. Three girls are kidnapped by a man with a diagnosed 23 distinct personalities and must try to escape before the apparent emergent of the frightful new 24th. This is written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring, starring James McAvoy, Anna Taylor-Joy, Haley Lou Richardson, um, Jessica Sulla? I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, Betty Buckley and more. Um, so let, let's talk about this real quick, because here's how we're going to do this. We're going to uh, give you kind of a review of the movie itself, a real basic sort of thing, and then we're going to get into it, okay? Because okay. Uh, this movie has to be talked about, and it has to be spoiled almost from the get-go. Now, I didn't know yes. anything about this movie going in. I knew like literally like it was James McAvoy, multiple personalities, there's some girls, that's it. That's that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. I purposely did not want to watch a trailer or anything. Um, so let's let's kind of touch on some outside stuff before we get into spoilers, and we'll make a distinct spoiler mark. But this is um, this is uh, M Night Shyamalan's second outing uh, with Blumhouse. Yeah, and uh, we I think we both thoroughly enjoyed the visit. What was it? Two years ago yes. now? Uh, or is it even a year ago? I think it was probably last year, right? I, I probably, uh, end, yeah. End of two, 2015. So about a year and, and a couple of months. Okay. So yeah, it's about a year and a half, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so we, we thoroughly enjoyed that and it was, uh, it felt like, uh, kind of a start to a return for Shyamalan. And I think this movie really kind of cements that, uh, it's one of those things to where I guess sometimes you have to be sent away to director's jail a little bit, you know, somebody uh -huh. just says, Hey man, it's not really working on all the fronts that you want to. And they take away your money and say, Hey, I don't have a lot of money for you, but we're going to give you, we're going to give you, you know, just make something entertaining. Here's the budget that you have to work with. Make something good. And, and yes. he, he, he did that with the visit. And I think he did it with split as well. I think so too. Uh, I don't uh, slight increase on budget for this one. No doubt because, uh, of McAvoy's involvement as well as, uh, uh, everybody's favorite uh, young lady, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who's mm -hmm. in fucking everything. Yeah, man, she's like, all of a sudden, is like, boom. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, she was probably, <laughs> she's probably very good, because she is very good. Um, and then got, uh, got cast uh, in a shit ton of stuff all at once. Yeah. And now she's there, right? Because it was it was Morgan. She was in The Witch. She's in this thing. Uh, she was in that Barack Obama movie. Um, she's in some other fucking kind thing. Kind of killing it. <laughs> but yeah, man. Even so, though, like even like with a higher budget than The Visit, still only ten million dollars, which is a paltry sum these days. Oh yeah, and uh, it, he makes it. He makes the budget work for him. Yeah, it's. It's not overly flashy. Uh, McAvoy uh, is fucking fantastic. Absolutely, I mean, he's most just of the special effect delivers. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see if what and the movie, the movie is also pretty fucking creepy. Um, it goes into areas that you entirely know it's going to go into. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little schlocky especially for what we might think of as, as a Shyamalan movie, which uh, 
I think we we think has has like a higher quality standard as far as like material goes. Like, uh, but clearly there's some uh, uh, some rape uh, shit in here. Not anybody that gets raped, but a, uh, one of the personalities uh, clearly is a rapist. Yeah, and there's, uh, there's he even says so. There's also you know kind of possibilities for stuff that could happen. And while it never really you know it it never feels. I'll say overly exploitative. Yeah, it doesn't go into exploitation territory, but it's definitely a little schlocky and a little tasteless from time to time, which is fine. Which yeah, I, which I actually think, kind of works too, especially like in in the kind of Blumhouse milieu, if you will. And and like I think that uh, most good horror has an element of tastelessness to it, mm-hmm. as far as the subject matter goes. I mean, fuck, it's look, really look all the, the way back ex- to Psycho, you know? I mean, yeah. that that, that and, movie in itself was like, there so were things I, in there that were just like way over the top for the time. Yeah, and I, and I think this film works really well. And it's not as uh, like o- o- overly um, uh, kind of uh, gross and, and uh, exploitative as I think some commentators have made it out to be. No, I mean, this is a PG-13 um, movie, and, and I would say it warrants a, a good PG-13 rating. I, yeah. I, I think, and here's—I mean, the, it, it 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 holds that PG thirteen pretty well. Yeah, it's it, um, it it almost kind of skirts, but in 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 a good way. So much as I think, like if you're in that thirteen year old range, this movie could probably scare the hell out of you. But also at the good time too is that it also doesn't get over into the uh, there. There was always kind of a thing for horror movies for a long, long time where it was just like, you know, PG thirteen horror movies were kind of shit, right? Horror, like yeah. if you were making an R-rated, R-rated movie, it was uh, R-rated, a horror film was going to be R-rated. And but there's there's been a thing over the last couple of years where they've actually made some pretty decent horror films that are PG-13. Uh-huh. Uh, like uh, room was it room fourteen oh eight was that the name of it the Stephen yeah, King yeah fourteen oh eight that was mm-hmm. that was another one that was just like had like PG-13 didn't feel like it needed to be rated R but was like had just enough of what it should have had to you know. Have. That's the only one that kind of comes off the top of my head. But there are more of those out there that are just of that kind of level. Save for maybe two or three little things, you know, The Witch could have been PG-13. Save for a yeah, couple of things. it could have been. You know? Yeah, except for a few things, of course. But uh, I, 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 think, I think Shyamalan's got a good, a good handle on this. I think he's kind of back, and I think really limiting his budget brings up his creativity. And has really kind of like let him go with this. Yeah. And I wonder where they're going to go next. And with that, here's where we're going to have to cut uh, it off. Yeah. So if you have not seen Split, you've got our basic review. I would say that I would highly recommend it, Matt. Yes, highly recommend. So I thought it was great. From this point out, you now I'll give you about 10 more seconds to reach your MP3 player. Because we're going to start spoiling this movie and in, in all kinds of ways, and like, like we said previously at the top of the show, I don't know that you, we can really talk about it much without kind of doing that. And, and I think we've done a pretty good job. you don't want to see this movie knowing the actual end of the movie, right. which was withheld at preview screenings. So they, they didn't show the end of this movie until this past weekend is, when it was released in theaters. Is that right? Because I'd, I'd heard that yep. people had seen it at Fantastic Fest, so they didn't see the end end. Nope. Okay, so the that's last, uh, the last thing they did not because see at I think that was everybody's thing was like if they showed this at Fantastic Fest, how in the wide wide world of sports had we not heard? 
because they didn't show it. Good enough. And I think that's a smart yeah. move. And here's a, and before we get into specifics, I would say it would even work without that. But the fact that it does, we'll uh-huh. get into it. But again, so we've given you plenty of time. If you're still listening and you haven't, it's on you at this point. But so let, let's get into the spoilerish territory here, Matt. Uh, where, where do you want to start? Do we want to just head to the end and then kind of work our way backwards to no, forward? Let's, let's just talk about uh, what actually ends up happening in this movie. Okay. Think, right? Uh, uh, so the, the entire conceit is that uh, these three girls have been captured mm-hmm. by James McAvoy uh, by two of his personalities who have overtaken the others with the help of a third. Um, and now control him full time, or mm-hmm. what is almost full time. So the actual uh, character is his name's Kevin, right? Right. And Kevin kind of at, at this point when we first meet and everything, Kevin's kind of been completely suppressed. And the only the people that are kind of running the show, if you will, are are, are other personalities. So Kevin is yes. Kevin, like the what one would assume would be the same no, same normal man. Kevin is gone. He's not. He's not at the party. He's not there. And so these other personalities are running the show, and they believe that there is another development coming, mm-hmm. another personality called the Beast. What all of this deals with is uh, there's like a, an ongoing subplot with his psychiatrist, mm-hmm. who has a theory about how people who have a uh, dissociative identity disorder who use more brain function than normal functioning brains in humans do. Yeah, right? because there's so a lot in there and they like one one person doesn't know what the other person is is thinking right. and so you have like and the, in this case, you know, a and much based pain. on who's in charge at the moment, your body chemistry is literally different, right? Mm-hmm. Like so one personality might have diabetes, right. one personality uh, might have high blood pressure. Um and whoever's in charge, right, that dominant body chemistry takes over. All of this presupposes, of course, uh, and leads us to the inevitability that these personalities um, have kidnapped these girls because they believe the beast is coming and he needs to be able to feed on them. Mm -hmm. Okay? Of course the beast comes. Eventually you have to. (laughs) If you're having some enough. The beast arrives, sir. You know? Um he really does physically transform. Uh, it's not like into some weird creature or anything, but he becomes taller and stronger Mm -hmm. and superhuman in some way. Can climb up sheer walls and things of that nature. Yep. Yeah. Right. All kinds of stuff. Um, this of course makes perfect sense (laughs) as, as a sequel to something sort of sequel. Yeah. Which is where the big end comes in. Now, how did you feel about that ending? First off, like the 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 final thing that we learn about. So so everybody gets away. Mhm. Kevin is at large. I don't think they captured him, right? Nope. He is he is out and right? about. He's at large. 
they cut to a news report of this in the diner, mm-hmm. in a diner. People start talking about something. he's He's like, the news has given him a name of, of the Horde. Yeah, the Horde, which is also what, uh, what the bad people, the bad personalities have called themselves. Right. right. So, the Horde. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like name of a bad guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so what'd you make of this ending? So, I kind of, like, when I saw the, um, the thing that kind of, like, first, like, kind of got me to, got, got me sitting up in my chair straight was, uh-huh. believe it or not, the sub, the subway scene. Uh-huh. To where he gets on, he he's going towards a train, and the kind of transformation with the train seats there, and you know M Night shoots he's a, he's a Philly boy, right? Shoots, yeah. shoots all in Philadelphia for for pretty much most of his movies outside of like you know crazy Last Airbender type shit. You can't put that in Philly, <laughs> right? Uh, but big Philadelphia guy. So when that was going on, and the, I mean the camera's kind of shooting low, it's a dark frame and everything. And I'm, he's like, he's going to the train. He's bringing some flowers. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I'm not, I'm not. But something made me go, oh no, is this what I think that it is? We get to the end, we pull out, and I can't say I was 100% surprised. And because you also do hear some music, <laughs> and that music uh-huh. is is the theme uh, to Unbreakable. And we see, you know, John McClane himself, or, you know, yeah, done. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis is sitting there, and but, yeah. uh, and and he just and the girl goes, "What was that? Guy? What was the other? They gave him like a supervillain name. What was what was the other guy's name? His name and he goes, was Mister Mr. Glass. Oh, yep. which was the last line of also Unbreakable was they call me Mister Glass. Yep. Um, it was it, it it did what a lot of what the good M Night movies do. It uh-huh. made you go, I got to go back and watch that again. <laughs> yeah, and. Now, because I just because par for nothing, when I put out the uh, the questionnaire for uh, HMP of which movie to watch, I had not yet seen this movie. This movie had not right. come out yet, so right. I had no idea. So by serendipity, I picked uh, I put Unbreakable on the list, and uh, the fans actually voted for Unbreakable, which I'm very very happy about. And even if they didn't, I probably would have overridden it, but they did pick it <laughs> because I think one uh-huh. of the, I think one of the people on Patreon was just like. Um, initially I was voting for the Batman animated series, but I changed my vote after I saw split. <laughs> so I want you to talk about that. And, okay. um, but I, I rewatched unbreakable today actually. And uh-huh. it is one of those things where I don't know. You, you saw it in the theater. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It took like, I remember in the theater up until honest to God, that last scene, I didn't even realize what they were doing. I was, yeah, I was not it, like it's like a remarkable feat of filmmaking that movie. Yeah, and, and and the great part is is while going back and you're looking at it and it's like how did I not see any of this because it's staring at you right in the face. Uh-huh. The whole time it's going, "Hey, this is what we're doing." It basically yep. tells you over and over, "This is what you're watching." And because you're kind of predisposed to think something completely different, that doesn't even register. That just seems like shit characters are just saying, right? Right. It's not even a real thing. And then when it happens, your jaw hits the ground going, oh my God, I've been watching a comic book film the entire time. And he does that with this movie as well, subverts it, you know, and like nobody, 
they they they'd kind of like yeah he ends up he makes a fucking horror movie yeah that is a super villain origin story yeah and but like so the whole time like we'd heard for years years that uh you know like oh maybe we'll do some sort of unbreakable sequel one day i think we all kind of thought that was bullshit and would never really happen relatively recently uh i I think it was like when he was doing press for the visit Mm -hmm. somebody asked him about it again and he was like well you know i had a really good villain for that and i was thinking about like retooling that for a future film yeah now suppose yeah supposedly the villain for this with 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 the, the kevin character was initially in now I don't know the validity of this. It's kinda like I, I take this a lot like George Lucas talks about Star Wars and I go, bullshit when you tell me like you had an overall arching plan when there's many a producer that no, can no, no, say that I, you're a liar. But I do I do think, right, that um that I do think that he had this character in some form. Maybe. As an idea for a villain if he were going to do an unbreakable movie, mm-hmm. right? Of course it would not take this form at that point, right? Like this is not the story you would tell about this thing. Well, right. Well, his but, kind of thing is like may like from what I from what I've kind of read is that it's just like he kind of almost not maybe not in the exact sense, but had a kind of Kevin surrogate if you will in unbreakable. Because now now here's the thing and and here's something that I got reminded of today while watching unbreakable is um is Elijah's mother is there at the uh, big art, art opening at the end. And she brings up two things, which is, which again, very, very interesting. She goes, usually in comic books and stuff, there are two different types of villains. One's the big giant brawn one. And one's kind of, you know, the one that's, you know, the more brains, you know, mm-hmm. may not have the physical attributes to go through and take on the superhero, but he's got enough of the brains to really kind of, you know, run the show. Yeah. And that was clearly Elijah's character. Elijah's character was, you know, was a guy who was weak and could not physically take him on. But we never really saw the other, the other evil, the big brawn. This is that big brawn, right. and that's that's very very yeah. interesting. And uh, just this week, he's on record. He wants to do the the official sequel. Have all the people back. It's great. It's a great idea. And and here's the thing. Keep it low. That's the yeah. ol- that's the only that's the only caveat that I want to this. Don't go higher than you know thirty million, tops tops man. Well, I mean, most of that whatever that film's budget ends up being is going to get it's going to be Bruce Willis and and, uh, and Sam Jackson's and, and McAvoy and Jack and Jackson. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like that's where all the budget. You got to pay the stars, but um, but and but, then, but you know again, it's the Blumhouse they're, thing. They're man. all Takes game on the back end, and he wants them back. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's re- I think it's really I think it's super smart and it, it's interesting. Now let, let's talk about this for a little bit. Um, let, let's talk about the girls because the girls are all great, but uh-huh. at the same time, some people are complaining that at the end of the day they were very inconsequential. Did that bother you at all? Um, I think that's pretty standard for a horror movie. Like the victims are sort of inconsequential. And at the end of the day, like, uh, Anya Taylor Joy gets away though, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's inconsequential. And I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call them out, and not that they listen or anybody else does, but I know a couple of people that listen to our show also listen to their show, so I'm gonna call it out. Um, I kind of got mad at some of the guys from the Slash Film Cast because uh-huh. they were they were pissed that they that they didn't put a nice clean bow on her story, and I thought it was I thought they ended her story fantastically because this is a girl. 
and, and it's goddamn it's so fucking smart this movie. She gets kidnapped, and she's the first one that doesn't really want to, you know, kind of do the whole attack thing. She wants to, you know, kind of look at all this stuff. In a way, she may have something to do with it. That's what you certainly think at the beginning, right? Is that it's just uh-huh. like why is she not kind of, you know, in the game that they're like, hey, let's go attack this motherfucker. So she's thinking about it and everything. She wants to see stuff from an analytical uh, thought point. And we go off to some, uh, a, what, like maybe four, four or five little flashbacks to her as a, as a little girl, yeah. kind of learning to to hunt, to hanging hanging out with her dad and her uncle. And we learn, you know, later on that her uncle had, you know, abused her, both, you know, probably sexually, well, definitely sexually, probably physically as well. And um, so she'd kind of had this whole thing. You know, she, she'd been a victim before and yep. uh, never really kind of, you know, literally to the point where, and I thought it, I thought it was going to happen to, and again, subverting what you think is going to happen. Cause you think, oh, I see this little girl with a shotgun here. She's going to blow them all. She's going to blow, uh, you know, uncle away and we're going to have all a big, great cheery moment. Cause that's exactly what we want to happen. But that doesn't, that's not what happens because at the end of the day, usually that's not what happens in life. Not usually, sadly not, but uh-huh. We subvert this thing the whole time to where, we, and then we get to the point with McAvoy and stuff to where, you know, we we don't know kind of her final secret. He looks at her and just goes, you know, you're a lot like me. And then basically leaves her alone. We get to the whole point where her, you know, like her dad has died. You know, we, we find that out previously. Her dad's died and everything. And her uncle is actually this man who has been, you know, molesting her has, uh, you know, had custody over her for quite some time. And she's going, she's sitting in the car at the end, just going, Hey, your guardian is here. And the look between her and the cop and like, she just resists. She doesn't get up and just go like, yeah, I get to go and, you know, kind of be with my guardian and everything. Cause the guardian situation, not so good. And right. they really wanted like the guys slash film cast. They really wanted a kind of big bow on that. I'm just like, uh, to me, that was such a great ending for, I, well, you don't need well, that, I, anything. Else. I also think the interaction between her and the cop and the way the cop reacts to her, not, getting out of the car and just talk, like looking at her seemed very knowing right like something's yeah, not like, right here like, i don't think she's going back home with that mother i don't either and people are like and they're like oh man she better be in the sequel i'm like i don't want her in the sequel she did a great job in this movie she has i, I love her no use for her after this yeah and, and there's no logical reason for her to be there right the whole the whole reason she was here this time was because she was she was a pure mm-hmm. being but she she was uh, she got away, and it sounds callous, but she's a cipher for the story. Yeah, I mean, it, but it she is got, what it she is. got away because she was not what the beast needed. Exactly. Right? So, what logical reason would she have to come back? Is she now going to be a superhero? No, there's no reason for her to like be in a sequel. That's basically what they think, and I'm like, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> That's terrible. That's yeah. a bad Why, bad idea. You don't need her. You've got fucking Bruce Willis who can't be broken. So good. Uh, but I, I thought that I thought all of that was was done super well, and it is now. Let's talk about let's talk about the psychiatrist for a little bit, because I think people also get, were just like, man, too much of the psychiatrist. Now, what I'm going to liken to you is after we get to the end of this movie, right? Now, I probably would have almost argued with them about the same, you know, uh-huh. had the ending not been what the ending is. Right. But I look back, and to me. She is the Mr. Glass of this movie. She knows this man is disturbed. She knows he's dangerous. She yep. absolutely knows that. 
You can pretend that she doesn't, but she absolutely knows that Kevin is a danger. But she also knows at the same time that she wants to further her own research. She wants to, you know, she wants to get the accolades she feels she so justly deserves. And it's because of her hubris and stuff that led to, you know, her death and everything. And and that's again, that also kind of happens in comic booky type stuff. And and I thought that was I thought that was done really, really well. And I I think she was absolutely needed. And I think she had a great amount of screen time that absolutely added up to everything that that character was trying to accomplish and what the story was trying to accomplish. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm on board. And, uh, I don't know. I, I I just sat there for a moment after watching that ending. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> oh no, that's awesome. Okay, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of like it, it. It takes a second to sink in because it's just like, oh, uh, okay, okay. And and again, like the good Shyamalan picks, man. You want to go back and watch it again because you're going to, because your second watch is going to be completely different from your first watch. Sixth Sense was like that. Unbreakable was like that. Signs, eh, maybe a little bit, but you know, especially those first two ones. And the visit, I haven't seen a second time, but I wouldn't mind seeing it again, frankly, because I liked it a whole bunch. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing that again. But the cool part is, too, at the same time, while the while the visit had a twist, it wasn't like your traditional M Night twist, right? Yeah, and I and I felt like because we've kind of distanced ourselves from what he was doing, it didn't feel like that was coming or anything of that nature. Did you feel like oh, there's going to be a twist at any kind of point? It didn't feel like that was coming to me. No, I mean, I think like it sets up what what the twist is. Uh, you know, I, I guess I've seen people refer to him actually turning as a twist, but it's like just because this is a Shyamalan movie doesn't mean that's a twist. It's it's a logical conclusion of what the story is fucking telling you for the last hour and a half. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. Like, and it's not in a secretive way. It's not like oh, we've been watching Bruce Willis as a ghost this whole time. It, it is true because in all of his movies where there's supposed twist. He has shown you the entire time what the yeah, supposed twist is. Yeah, but this is literally is. just like the progression of the story, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not one thing is now seen in a different light, which is what a twist actually is. Right. Like, oh, this whole time Nicole Kidman was the ghost. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, it's just, well, like. Which I'll be honest, I figured guess, that out way ahead of time. <laughs> What's up? I, you know me. I don't look for twists. I called that one way ahead of time. I was just oh, like, yeah, but, oh, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like this is just like, well, of course he's going to turn into the fucking beast. You've got him telling you he's going to turn into the beast. You've got uh, all this shit going on with Anya Taylor Joy's character where she's hunting. <laughs> you've, you've got the psychiatrist telling you that uh, people's body chemistry can change based on their personality disorders. But at the same time, wasn't it kind of like at least it was for me that it was because, again, I didn't really watch the trailer um, is that it was like, oh, wow, it's like happening for real. Like to me, that was also kind of a cool moment. I, I wouldn't consider that a kind of twist or anything, but it was just like, a, Oh no, this shit's for real dog. <laughs> like this is actually happening. And I thought that again, that seemed, uh, you know, kind of a brave thing to do is actually sort of do that. And again, when you now look back on it with the knowledge that you have as a whole, of course he did. It, it, it makes nothing but sense that he did. 
<laughs> because that's yeah. that's the that's the universe with which we're living in. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's really good overall. Everybody, er, all the acting is just utterly fantastic. James McAvoy is just he's just killing it. His his personalities are very distinct. They're very different. And this now, while it's you know they're never, it's not like an acting tour de force or anything because they're you know they're a little bit broad. But that's also kind of part of the fun of it too. Yeah, you know. And I'm so glad. So glad that they didn't go like wigs and shit. You know, he still got the bald yeah. head and everything. Does does the kind of older lady and stuff, and still just bald head. That's just he just changes his clothes and that's it. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's very simple, streamlined, and effective. Didn't didn't feel like oh, because yeah, if you had a wig gone, I, I bet they I bet they you know tried it on in costuming and stuff, and they're just like this is fucking stupid. Just have him be bald. <laughs> But it, it really works, and uh, I, I gotta say, I was I was astounded. I had a, I had a great time with it, and then then it ended, and I was excited even more. And that's 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 something to do. Yeah, I I think so. But I'll say this: at this point, I don't. It's gonna have to be an out and out. I, I don't think they can. I don't think he can sneak it in on us. <laughs> I don't think he can sneak it past the goalie for whatever the next one will be. No, I mean he's he's just straight up said like I'm going to do an unbreakable film. So, and know. it's going to have Mr. Glass, it's going to have uh, James McAvoy, and it's going to have Bruce Willis. It'll be interesting. Now, here's what I'm predicting. Throw this down in the prediction book. Um, we're going to see kind of a Professor X Magneto type thing. These two are going to, and one of them will actually be fucking Professor X, but that's not going to be the one that's teaming up. <laughs> oddly enough, um. But I, I think Mr. Glass and, and David Dunn's character will will kind of have to team up in order to, you know, take down the beast in some form. Yeah. That's that's I how I, that's how I see it. I, I don't know that it could go many other ways. But man, oh man, rewatching Unbreakable again today. So damn good. <laughs> it really is his best film. Yeah. It just Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's just no doubt about it. It's just it's it's handled so damn well. Uh but yeah. So if you've uh Listen to all this way, and you haven't watched the movie. First of all, what's wrong with you? But uh, and you still feel like you want to see it? I guess go ahead. But strong, strong recommendation for me. Yeah, very strong for me as well. Go see this fucking. All right. So um, next, a lot of people have. Mm. It's been it's been doing very well. Forty nine million dollars domestically as of today on a nine million dollar budget, fifty five worldwide. I mean that's. That's the shit. I'm telling you, man, that Jason That's Blum, man, that motherfucker just knows what he's doing, you know? Just give them, give them what they, you know, what they can kind of do and work with it and make it what you want. And he's just, he's doing a damn good job of it. You can't, you can't be mad. <laughs> All right, so next week, we're going to be talking about um, a little movie Matt, I'm sure, has been waiting with bated breath for quite some time, yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm. so we're going to be seeing Resident Evil what's the name of this one the final chapter oh so finally they're promising you know a real a real final chapter yeah uh, so you still and you said that this is still uh, W.S. Anderson yeah yeah he took so the second one was by his uh, longtime assist, like first AD or DP I forget who did who did the second film Apocalypse 
and uh, the third film. Um, uh, Extinction was uh, directed by, of all people, uh, Russell Mulcahy, who, who's the guy who directed Highlander. Um, <laughs> and that's the worst one in the series. Uh, and then, and then uh, Paul W.S. Anderson takes over and has directed the last uh, three of them. So the first one and then the, the last three okay. are all in. Um, so, yeah, he's back. I've only seen the, the first. His wife. Mia Jovovich. Yeah, I've only seen the first two. First, I liked well enough. Second, I was like, well, I'm glad I watched it at home with a nice big entertainment system because it sounded amazing. <laughs> uh, they get so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about them more next week. I really hope that you find the like six or so hours that would require you to watch the others. Ooh, I, here's the thing. I probably have those hours, but I don't know how much I would actually. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Well, you'll do it. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you will. <laughs> uh, I will not be going to see A Dog's Purpose. I just, I, I, I can't see any, I, even, I, you know. Even, the, even with the controversy of the dog uh, that was pushed into, forced into the water. Which I think is um, a BS controversy. Set. But uh, I mean, it's, it is a problem. Right? Like, I, I, like you should not do that. There's a large. You, you get a different dog. I don't know. There's a large cut in the video. We don't know what happens. This movie's but, uh, been completed for th- you know. But, uh, like but a on year. top of that, like mm. I'm just not going to sit in the theater. Oh, for, I don't care uh, for an, for two hours and watch <laughs> a dog die repeatedly. That's the biggest thing, man. I'm just like, which is what s- the plot is. It's like, yeah. no, I'm not watching de- like dogs no. die, like a dog die four or five times. I'm that's, not doing that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I tell people about this movie. I'm like, who? Like, who I wants haven't to watched go- Marley and Me, and it's one fucking dog at the end of the fucking movie. <laughs> I'm like, why am no. I going to watch it where every fucking 10 15 minutes there's a dog dying no i can't do it man it's just uh uh-uh. it's just that seems like a really really bad idea so uh-uh. yeah not gonna do it so we'll watch although you know you know what's expanding this week what's that uh gold the Stephen oh, gagan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that with, looks uh, like matthew it. with fat matthew mcconaughey fat, fat bald matthew, McC- matthew mcconaughey and Edgar Ramirez, who uh, will probably be awesome. Yeah, well, he's you know he's been doing, he's been doing really well, man. So I'm like again, he's he's another one of those cats that's just like kind of he's been around, but mm-hmm. is really kind of you know coming up proper, you know, doing some big stuff. Yeah. So we'll be talking about those and maybe some more stuff. So uh, that's it, everybody. Uh, join us next week when we're talking about Resident Evil and some more crap. And until uh, then, uh, we'll talk to you next time.
<laughs> you think they ran with the devil though? I, I think they did. I could. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Now, let me tell you something, Matt. Uh huh. I don't know what this Resident Evil movie is going to be like. But yeah, I have been watching playthrough of Resident Evil Seven. It's not <sighs> going to be like that. Holy fucking shit! Dude, that game is uh, scary as fuck. Dude, I downloaded the demo. I was like, of which I'd already watched somebody play. Uh-huh. I was out in two minutes. I'm just like, oh hell no, hell no. <laughs> I'm like, make a movie like this, man. That game, I, while watching PewDiePie, who's like making jokes and shit, is still uh-huh. utterly frightening. It is like, whew, man, oh man. Yeah, I mean. This this game is available uh, on PlayStation VR, mm-hmm. which no, I would be. You. I would just like, and and that's what I was. I was just not telling my, my dad. Not my first time through the game. Hell no. I was telling my dad. I'm just like I could not even imagine putting on that VR helmet and being in the middle of this. I'm scared watching you know a YouTuber play it, much less put a helmet on my head to wherever I look. That shit is around me. No, thank you. Whew. Yeah. No, thank you. Oh my goodness, it's so utterly scary. But uh, yeah, it's intense, man. But we did a show, and frankly, that's all that counts, especially in the in these times. <laughs> Is that you tried? Well, you know, I think we'll uh, we'll be fine. Uh, we'll get back to it uh, on a weekly basis. Um, I, I hope so. So shut up, people. <laughs> He apologized for the note. He's just like, he sent the thing and I said, you know, I just gave him a one word reply on the email. I just said, done. He said, fantastic. I really enjoy you guys' podcast. I only use profanity and just, just hope it wasn't taken as me being rude. And it's like, no, of course not. No, man. We well, needed that look, kick. If, if we uh, did not ex- expect people to, uh, to berate us with foul language. Uh, what kind of podcast would we be? What, what have we done week after week for crying out loud? You know? Yeah. Well, I'm, but like, <laughs> who are we? Fucking slash film. I don't take you know. And we, I, uh, who are we? Devin Faraci. Oh. We don't want to interact with people. Oh on my real god, level. he's just disappeared off the face of the earth, and hasn't it just been the hasn't like you know even even with a Trump I really victory enjoy in the air. not seeing anything <laughs> he has written show up on any social media isn't feed it I, lovely I'm on. Oh, because just... i would always have like a few friends who would be like here's this fucking really hot take from devin farachi and it's like sometimes that guy is really smart most of the time he's just an asshole mm-hmm. and i mean we've talked about him at great length i don't i don't really want to talk but it's, it is great not having to deal with him constantly I was, I, I was just saying that you know in the dark times with which we live there are also bright lights <laughs> They're also shining beacons. That is a night. that is a big one. So, uh, you know. quite honestly. But um good good stuff. But uh yeah, man, there's there's more stuff. The Regal around here, they just did a a, a remod. So uh-huh. they got half the thing done. They got the reclining seats and shit now. It's okay. It's not as there it's not as nice as the AMC still. AMC's got bigger seats and there's a more of a buffer still. These are kind of like the uh there's still all the leather reclining and everything. But there's just your regular armrest in between, as per usual. See the yeah. AMC ones; those are like you know two by two by two. So those you get, you get a little bit more space, and I'm I'm all about the space. Give me some space. I don't want to be up in nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Give yeah, me, give I me, don't either. Give me my space. And uh, but you know, 
I had a free Regal ticket, so I'm like, hey, I'm going to go and see the new remod. It's all right. Could be worse. Could be better. But uh, Right on. So we'll do all of that. Um, anything else you want to share with the fine people? No, I think that's it. I'm, uh, i got to do some work uh, like normal. I don't like normal. <laughs> all right, so uh, we'll see you guys, Lord willing, next week. <laughs>